When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly... Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Check. Sports Check. It's Sports Check. Welcome to the Sports Yak Podcast. As I look at our records, episode 239. You mean the Mordecai Three Finger Brown episode? Hello? Are you with me? Mordecai Three Finger Brown. Oh, legendary pitcher for the Cubs. Had a farming accident when he was a kid. And so really, he only had three fingers and a couple of stubs. And it changed the spin and the rotation on his pitches, made him very difficult to hit. Wow. Three-finger was a big part of the Cubs' penance in 06 and 08. And Mordecai, three-finger Brown, won 239 games in his illustrious Cubs career. What song never gets old? This one. Happy... September 21st. Do you remember the 21st night of September? I know you do because, ladies and gentlemen, let me bring in some earth, wind, and fire. You need some work on your ramps. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, that is a good one. That song never gets old. We talked about songs that never get old. Yep. This is one of them. Yeah, that's a good one right there. Covered by a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah, but never done as well as the original. No. And if you want to really feel what the 70s were all about, mm-hmm. watch the video. Of that particular song? Yes. <laughs> one word, jumpsuits, I'm guessing. That's a total guess. Any roller skates in that video? I don't think there are roller skates in that video. All right. There's brass. Oh, there's there's brass. <laughs> Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the 
Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Well, let's get to it. Let's start with the NFL from Sunday. What a weekend in the NFL. I will say, most of the great games did not involve our regional teams. And I would not, even though it was a thrilling ending to the Bears game, I would in no stretch of the imagination call that a great game between the Bears and Giants. Poor Giants. Early on, first quarter, they lose their star running back, Saquon Barkley. He's out for the year now with a torn ACL. So they lose him. Trubisky looks pretty good in the first half, to be honest. And the Bears are up 17-0. Here come the Giants. Field goal. Touchdown. Field goal. The Bears look like they have a pick six from Eddie Jackson, but he's called for... Something of a phantom pass interference call. Trubisky throws a couple of interceptions. Now, to his credit, his receivers weren't doing him any favors either. Miller dropped one flat out in the end zone that he should have had, that Trubisky just put it on a string to him. So it's 17-13, and the Giants get the ball with two minutes left. And as a Bears fan, you're sitting there saying, I watched this last week in reverse Mm -hmm. and now karma is coming and it's going to catch up with the chicago bears they're about to lose to the giants and daniel (laughs) the giants without saquon barkley yeah and the giants are moving down the field and they've got it first and goal at the nine and you're thinking there's no way the bears survived this but they do golden tate's called for offensive pass interference in the end zone and that expires the clock and the Bears win it 17-13. And the Bears are 2-0. and And I, I posted this last night on Twitter. You know, Bill Parcells, the famed Giants coach, used to say, you are what your record is. And Bears fans who have watched their team play the last two weeks say, no, we're not. <laughs> no, no, we're not. They were talking at the beginning of the game about which version of the Bears are we going to see? 2018 Bears, 2019 Bears, or whatever this concoction is. And uh, the jury's not in yet. Uh, Yeah, they go to Atlanta next week. There are a lot of teams that I would want to play this week. Atlanta's not one of them. Atlanta had a 15-point lead on the Dallas Cowboys with five minutes left. Have you seen the onside kick that the Cowboys recovered? I did see that. A reminder of the rules of football. If you're the receiving team and the team is trying an onside kick and it's just slowly rolling, you can go and get the ball. You don't have to wait until the ball goes 10 yards. You can go and get it. But instead, they're watching it roll like a bunt down the third base line. And Dallas swoops in and recovers the onside kick and goes down the field and kicks the game-winning field goal with no time left and rallies from 15 down with five minutes left to beat the Falcons. And do you know the last time the Falcons blew a lead that big? The Super Bowl, when they lost to the Patriots, when they had that 28-3 lead on New England and lost the Super Bowl. In fact, the Atlanta Falcons made NFL history yesterday. 
They are the first team to score at least 39 points in a game with no turnovers and lose. <laughs> the the prior mark going into Sunday for teams that scored at least 39 with no turnovers, they were 440 and 0. <laughs> but now it's 440 and 1 thanks to the Falcons. Hey, can uh, I re- rewind real quick? Yeah. Uh, if you go back to episode 219 of Sports Yak, Tim Sinclair was with us. He didn't know at the time he'd be the new Bears PA guy, Ooh. but we have a conversation with him, and he was at his first home game yesterday Okay, inside an empty stadium. Well, he's been used to working empty stadiums. <laughs> Tough crowd. Yeah. Tough crowd. You know, watching that Bears-Giants game and then just leaving it on CBS and then watching... Patrick Mahomes, and the Chargers. It's like JV and varsity. Remember, the Bears passed on Patrick Mahomes to take Mitch Trubisky. And then you watch some of the throws Patrick Mahomes makes. How about the touchdown pass to Tariq Hill yesterday? And the backup kid for the Chargers. Justin Herbert was really good. In seven plays, he scores. He's good. Oh, and what a game that was. That was and the one. Chiefs win it on a 58-yard field goal in overtime. The second 58-yard field goal this guy makes during the game. And congratulations to the Chiefs as they stay unbeaten, knocking off the Chargers in their L.A. debut, at least their SoFi Stadium debut yesterday. So that was another great game. The Sunday night game was something else. Russell Wilson throwing five touchdown passes. Seattle gets a goal line stand on the Patriots at the end of the game to beat them 35-30, upending Cam Newton before he could get in the end zone. And the Colts yesterday. The Colts left a ton of points on the board. They they beat the Vikings 28-11. They should have beat them like 45-11. to Really? That game was not as close as the score would indicate. Uh, Colts settled for four field goals in that game, and it could have been a lot worse for the Vikings, who have not looked very good at all this year, losing to the Packers and to the Colts. Jonathan Taylor, the rookie running back, taking over from Marlon Mack, uh, runs for 101 yards and touchdowns. Colts had their share of injuries, though, in that game, as did everybody in the NFL. Corey, I don't remember an NFL Sunday, and a lot of these injuries happen like the first hour of the day. Mm-hmm. Like between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock, it seemed like Adam Schefter and Field Yates had a different injury update every five minutes. Uh, but Malik Hooker and Paris Campbell both got hurt for the Colts yesterday. The only good news for the Colts is that Paris Campbell's knee is not an ACL tear. They're going to do an MRI on it today to see how bad it is. But it's not torn, so that's good. He, he could come back this year. Malik Hooker, I think, was an ankle. But uh, the Niners really got torn up yesterday. Jimmy Garoppolo had an ankle sprain. Joey Bosa may have torn his ACL, which would be a huge blow for their defense. Um, then the quarterback for the Broncos had a shoulder injury. He's going to be out for some time. Uh, unfortunately for the Lions, they're all healthy. They don't have excuses other than the fact that they're just bad. What's the problem in Detroit, Chuck? That they're the Lions. I mean, it's just it's a culture thing, and and I'm not sure. I I don't think they have a lot of talented players. Um, 
I'm not sure Matt Patricia is the answer, but I don't know who would be the answer right now. You have to have players for a coach to be effective. Mm -hmm. And they've lost 11 in a row now, and they get out to these leads, and then they can't finish them. But yesterday they jump out on top of the Packers, and you're watching scores scroll across the screen, and you just know, you sit there and you don't get any kind of like, oh, the Lions might pull it off today. There, there's none of that vibe. At least for me, I'm sitting there looking at scores and I'm saying, all right, well, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are just kind of sitting there looking at their watches and saying, all right, it's time. And they do. They wind up winning 42 <laughs> 21. But, uh, Really exciting day of NFL football yesterday. I mean, and I know some people are down on the NFL for their politics or whatever. I'm telling you, though, if you want good entertainment on a Sunday, yeah, they provide it. I got it from the Chiefs yesterday. The speed of those running backs, my yeah. goodness. Give them, a, give them a crease and it's go time. And it was especially appreciated that the NFL had a good Sunday because college football did not have a good Saturday. Nice segue. Oh, that Notre Dame-South Florida game. Now, you know, I know Irish fans are like, wow, we won 52 to nothing. You beat a really bad football team. I mean, they were worse. I thought they weren't good coming in, but they were worse than I thought. That special teams play for South Florida was abhorrent. The long snapper should just have to walk home to Tampa. He basically cost him 14 points on his own. And Notre Dame did the things that they needed to do. I, I like the versatility that they showed out of the running back position. I loved the storyline of Jack Kaiser. Kid out of Pioneer High School, which is here in Indiana, Corey. Royal Center, Indiana. Have you ever been through Royal <laughs> Center? I've never heard of it until Saturday. Royal Center is the home of Pioneer football, which has been... One of the outstanding programs in the state for some time now. Uh, they're having a down year this year because they lost a game. That's how that's how people view Pioneer. That's a down year. You lost a game in the regular season. What's wrong? Uh, but Jack Kaiser, when he played at Pioneer High School, was a two-way player. He was the quarterback on the football team and also a linebacker. And Notre Dame uh, recruits him and takes him. And a lot of people are like, what what are you doing? This is just kind of like, uh, are you, are you kind of trying to just be nice and and make people in Indiana have a feel good story or something? But this kid's a talented player. If you saw him play in high school, you kind of knew there's something different about him. So Jack Kaiser is working scout team for the Irish last Tuesday and Wednesday, and all of a sudden. Uh, as you texted me the other day, players become unavailable, as uh, Notre Dame wanted to put it. Apparently, they can't say one or more of these players has COVID and the rest are quarantined. And you don't even have to say which one, but at least be clear. Instead, we're told they're unavailable. unavailable. For all we know, they may have been arrested. Yeah. I have no idea. Bad grades, family, conflict. Right. Unavailable. So the only one on the list that we knew that why they were unavailable was Kyle Hamilton because we saw him get hurt in the game last week. But the the first two players at the 
what they call the buck linebacker, the, the inside linebacker position for Notre Dame, are out. So Jack Kaiser goes from scout team to starter for the day and winds up leading the team in tackles and getting the game ball. And the ovation that he got when Brian Kelly presented him the game ball in the locker room, you can tell this is a guy that his teammates appreciate how hard he works. And then he goes into the press conference, which I'm sure at the beginning of the week, if you told Jack Kaiser, oh, yeah, you're going to be in the postgame press conference after the game, he would have just had a hearty chuckle. And it was the kind of aw shucks that you would expect from somebody from Royal Center, Indiana. Talked about how his, his town doesn't have a stoplight. They have a yellow light. I looked it up. Population 839 in Royal Center. And he said they were probably making some noise down there uh, to celebrate what he had done. Turning the car upside down. Just just the one. He, he talked about what, you know, when you grow up in Indiana, the, the chance to wear a gold helmet at Notre Dame, just oh. to dress with the team, just to be on the field. On a Saturday afternoon. And then to think that you're going to go out and actually play a factor in the game and be able to make plays. I mean, he just, he sounded like, you felt like you should put on Hoosiers and the scene in the locker room where we're going to win this for all the small schools who never could. <laughs> uh, it, it was terrific. Does this gameplay change this young man's trajectory, do you think? It could. It could. I mean, because we don't know Diamond how long. We don't know how long Liafu and Simon are going to be unavailable. unavailable. And we're not allowed to ask why they're unavailable apparently i think we've told you before on this show but the way it works for saturday post-game press conferences and we're told that it works this way because notre dame does not have the technology to allow media to ask questions and live stream the press conference apparently that technology does not exist at our Lady school even though it seems to at other institutions is it a zoom call it's a zoom call and there's not the technology to unmute the button? No, apparently not if you're live streaming. I don't know. I can't speak from any technological expertise, but it sure seems shady to me. Wow. And instead, we have to submit questions to a moderator who sorts through them and asks them to Brian Kelly. And uh, questions aren't getting answered. Right, because they only ask so many. Mm -hmm. So, it's frustrating. Yes, it is. Perhaps today we'll get more answers in the Kelly Monday press conference. Mm -hmm. What time's that at for you? Noon. Okay. Where do you like to take in that? Do you take that in at the office, the home office? I'll take office? that in here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, we have internet here. We do. <laughs> That might put us a notch above Nerd A Media Relations. I'm not sure. Mm. I heard this name on your sports cast this morning, Deion Sanders. Going to Jackson State to be the head coach says God has called him to be the head coach at Jackson State, alma mater of Walter Payton, a 1AA school in Mississippi, historically black college. And Dion, who has no previous head coaching experience whatsoever, um, we'll see what he can do with the Jackson State program. We are seeing, Corey, in these days, um, 
some athletes, I won't say a lot of athletes, but some athletes making the decision to go play at historically black colleges. Uh, We saw this in basketball. Howard University got a huge recruit who will play against Notre Dame this year. And when I say huge, I mean in talent and in size. He's 7-1. And uh, I saw the other day a football player picked uh, Morgan State, which is a historically black college, a a player that was a a fairly highly sought-after recruit. And you have to think that the presence of primetime at Jackson State is going to lure some kids to go there. And we've seen traditionally great players come out of these historically black colleges. Jerry Rice at Mississippi Valley State. I mentioned Walter Payton at Jackson State. Grambling has had a number of players, especially under Eddie Robinson, go into the NFL. So there are some fine individuals there that are found but it'll be interesting to see how good these teams can become. Uh, typically, about the only time that the mainstream media shows historically black colleges is when Grambling plays Southern. And part of that is as much a cultural thing as a football thing. It's the battle of the bands. It's, it's everything surrounding it in either New Orleans or Atlanta. Uh, we may see some of these teams become more of a factor in college football. You know, you're going to have to put together some sort of package to explain to these players who their head coach is. True. Uh, I mentioned on the uh, on Countdown to Kickoff the other day, Charlie Weiss Jr. went into his quarterback room the other day and asked his quarterbacks, who was the coach at Notre Dame before Brian Kelly? And none of them knew that it was Charlie Weiss Sr., And the reason none of them knew is because that's a half a lifetime ago for them. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a 20-year-old kid, you'd have to go back to when you were 9 or 10 to remember who that coach was. Mm -hmm. And most of them probably weren't even paying attention to football then. Mm. So, yeah, a lot of these kids may not know. uh, Although they may have seen Dion on NFL Network or something like that. They may have an idea, but they probably don't know just how good he was. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Hey, before we completely get out of football, just a a quick take on your Friday night uh, broadcast. Oh, man, was that a game. High school football at its finest on the banks of the Elkhart River, Rice Field, Elkhart and Penn with, uh, a terrific game. Elkhart jumps out to a 20-6 to lead, lead at halftime. Penn makes some adjustments. Elkhart has a special team snafu. Penn takes advantage, makes it 20-13. to Elkhart looks like they're driving down the field to kill the clock towards the end of the game. Cameron Wiltfong, their quarterback, throws an interception to Ty Zayner. Now Penn gets the ball. Penn and and. Credit Ron Paulus III. Man, did he make some plays on this drive. He took some hits. He took some sacks. But there was one where Rodney McGraw, the Penn State commits, got him right in his sights, and Paulus manages to sidestep him, keep his eyes downfield, and find Carson Mumaw for a first down. So they go down. Four seconds left. They run a play that looks very similar. If you remember the Notre Dame-Florida State game, where Notre Dame got, or it might have been Notre Dame-Clemson game, where Notre Dame got called for a pick play in the end zone. They had thrown to an open receiver in the end zone, but they said that the other receivers 
were called for pass interference because they were blocking instead of going out for a pass. Penn runs similar-looking play, except none of the receivers make any contact whatsoever. They get the touchdown pass to Moomaw. It's 20-19, to and they decide. First, they run the kicker onto the field, and then they pull him off and decide we're going for two and the win. And they try it on an end-around pass to the end zone. It fails, and an Elkhart team beats Penn in football for the first time since 1985. Joyous celebration at Rice Field. Elkhart wins it 20-19, to and here's a delicious thought. Those two teams will likely meet again in the sectional. Oh, wow. So I didn't get to see the end of it. I kind of was curious when I got up the next morning what kind of celebration was going down. Well, you can watch it on YouTube and Facebook, etc. cetera. Uh, we've had it posted there. In fact, that's, uh, that's our second highest viewership for an online game since we started doing this three years ago. But that was a great game. Uh, some other notes from over the weekend in high school football. Marion continues to look strong. Uh, they blasted Adams at school field, and they are ranked number one in 3A. They will go to Penn this Friday night. That should be a very interesting game. Uh, you look at some other games, I think Warsaw was impressive. Going to Northridge, handing the Raiders their first loss of the year. First team to score any points against Northridge this year. And Warsaw now in the driver's seat in the Northern Lakes Conference. Uh, the rest of the team's kind of playing a game survivor. New Prairie bounced back well. They beat St. Joe, hammered them, as a matter of fact, at Amsview Miller Field. So New Prairie plays Adams this week, but it looks like Casey McKim may have them back on track. Jimtown got an upset of Bremen over the weekend. That's a huge rivalry anyway. And Jimtown was able to nip them 14-13. to uh, Bremen went for two, much like Penn did. Didn't work out. And so the Jimmies hang on for a win. We'll see Bremen take on John Glenn this Friday on the 46th game of the week. John Glenn lost to Knox, but that's a non-conference game. If you look at the standings in the NIC South Division, John Glenn, the only unbeaten team in the conference right now in that division, and we'll see if they can stay that way playing at Falcon Field against a longtime rival in Bremen. Uh, U.S. Open over the weekend. Bryson DeChambeau plays a different kind of style of golf than what you and I would have been taught if we were golfers. How so? Typically, the the thought process, especially on a U.S. Open course, which tends to have very high rough, very tight fairways, keep the ball in the fairway, you know, take a little bit off the drive, keep the ball in the fairway. You might have a longer second shot to the green, be happy, you know, take advantage of your occasional birdie opportunities, be happy with pars. Bryson DeChambeau, uh, after the 2019 season, went into the weight room, put on about 25 pounds of muscle, came out looking like a completely different guy. And he gets up on the tee and he just blasts the ball. He doesn't care where it goes. Because he's going to muscle it out of wherever it gets into. If it gets in that five-inch rough, no big deal. I'm strong enough to knock it out of there and still control it. So of the – now, you've, you've got par threes on there. So you've got probably four par threes for every 18 holes. So let's say there's 14 holes where you have to hit the fairway in a round of golf. 
and you're playing four rounds over the weekend, so 56 times that you should hit the fairway. He only hit 23 fairways, less than half over the weekend, and yet he still wins the tournament, and not even close. He wins it by six strokes because when you hit the ball as far as he does off the tee, then you don't have to use as big a club hitting your second shot. He's got more control of that tends to put the ball closer to the hole and is able to make birdies that way. And he finished at six under par, and his closest competitor was at even par. So he winds up winning in a walkaway on Sunday because he was the only player to finish under par on Sunday. So the weight room is, I want to get the ball closer to the hole on my first shot yeah. and kind of bypass all the the fairway stuff yeah. we were talking about. It used to be the phrase was drive for show and putt for dough. Drives look great, and the guys that blasted 350 yards, you know, that's nice, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the job done around the green. Well, he he drives like that, but he's able to get his second shot <laughs> close enough where he can putt for some dough, and now he's won a major for the first time in his career. All right, let's talk basketball. My son's just drooling, waiting for the finals. Well, the Lakers took a big step towards the finals last night. It looked like Denver was going to make this out to a series. Nikola Jokic had another fine game. Uh, they were cruising along. They had a two-point lead down the stretch. And for some reason, they decided to leave Anthony Davis open from three. He hits the shot at the buzzer, and the Lakers beat the Nuggets last night, 105-103. So L.A. leads the series two games to none. Denver still competitive, still in it, but to think that they're going to beat the Lakers four out of the next five, which is what they would have to do to win the series. A little bit of a long shot. I think that's a long shot. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, the other series resumes tonight with Miami leading the Celtics two games to one. Celtics looked like a completely different team on Saturday night. Uh, they dominated game three of the series against the Heat. These playoff series tend to be adjustments, trying to take away what the other team is doing. So we'll see what kind of adjustments now Eric Spolstra is able to make for the Heat to what the Celtics changed up. Celtics found a way to shoot over the top of that Heat zone and be effective. And so we'll see what happens tonight in Game 4 of the series. Stanley Cup Finals tonight. Dallas leads Tampa one game to none. And, and that's all we need to say about that. Really. And finally, baseball. Boy, the Cubs are really struggling at the plate right now. Uh-oh. I, I know they've got this three-and-a-half game lead on St. Louis with a week to go in the season. They go on the road, start a four-game series with Pittsburgh tonight. Entering last night, Corey, do you know what the Cubs' batting average at Wrigley Field was this season? I don't. 214. Uh, let me clue you in. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. Chris Bryant has five RBI all season. Mm. He's shown virtually no power anymore. Has two home runs all year. Wow. Um, Schwarber got yanked for the, from the game for poor outfield play last night. Hmm. Um, they're just they're not clicking right now. Their pitching hasn't been bad. You Darvish gave up four runs in the start, which is kind of high for him. 
But if you're a Cubs pitcher right now, you kind of feel like every start has to be pinpoint because they're not scoring any runs. They scored two runs in the whole series with the Twins. That's terrible. So hopefully they'll get better as they go on the road. The good news is the playoffs will be at neutral sites, so they won't be playing at Wrigley Field anymore this season. But if they don't hit any better than this, they won't be playing long after September 29th either. Wow, so Wrigley Field's done. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Well, it lasted. <laughs> By the way, speaking of media, you know, you were telling me your woes with Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I got an email back from the Cubs. The Oregon players, it, he's just very busy. And yeah. I thought, how are you busy for a 10-minute phone call? He's not. He's not. He's not. They just... Yeah. Whatever. I know. It's more and more of these places, Corey, are trying to control the message. In fact, um, I noticed last night, I was getting a lot of Cub stats from ESPN that I don't necessarily get on the Marquee Sports Network. Well, that's because the Marquee Sports Network is owned by the Cubs. And so I'm sure controlling the narrative. Len and JD have been told... Emphasize the positive. Don't talk about the negative. Mm. Which um, I never did when I was calling Notre Dame baseball games. I, I tried to give you a what I thought was an objective outlook as to what was going on, which I know didn't always please people at the University of Notre Dame because, well, they felt like they were paying for the product, therefore you know they should control the narrative. I thought you as a listener deserved to know exactly what was happening. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's there's different ways of doing it, and there's different ways of looking at things. And I'm not saying that if you're the Cubs announcer that you should always just uh, denigrate the Cubs or anything, but I think you need to kind of be honest, and, and if a player isn't playing well, just say – they're not playing well, and I don't always feel that you necessarily get that. Maybe that would inspire the player to take it up a notch. Well, well the player shouldn't be listening to the announcers anyway. I mean, that shouldn't inspire the player. They're, you know what should inspire It'll Chris Bryant? <laughs> you know what should inspire Chris Bryant is just wanting to do well, which I'm sure he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure he's frustrated at the kind of season that he's having right now. It can't but, be fatigue. <laughs> but it doesn't do any good to hide it. No. No. White Sox lost to Cincinnati yesterday by a count of 7-3. to three. So with the Twins winning and the White Sox losing, even though the White Sox have already qualified for the playoffs in the American League, their lead over Minnesota is only two games. That becomes important down the stretch because, remember, the way the seeding is done, first of all, it's the teams that win the division. So the best record of the teams that win a division is one. The next best is two. And the worst record of the three teams to win a division is three. And then you get into the best records after that. So you'd much rather... If the White Sox don't win the division, no matter what their record is, the best seed they can be is a four seed. Well, if they can win the division and hold off Minnesota, they might wind up being the number one seed in the playoffs. Where If you're the one, you play the eight. If you're the four, you play the five. That's a lot different. 
And the same holds true for the Cubs. Yes, they have a a three-and-a-half game lead over the Cardinals. Do I expect them to give up a a three-and-a-half game lead in a week? No, but they're the Cubs, so they quite frankly could. As for the Tigers over the weekend, a little bit of surprising news. They lost their manager, Ron Gardenhire, who apparently is having some health problems. Oh. And so he decided, to decide, he decided to resign immediately. Most people felt that Gardenhire had done a pretty good job with this team, especially since there's a lot of young players on the team. And Gardenhire is kind of regarded as an old school guy, but he had nurtured the younger players, for lack of a better term, and and done a pretty good job keeping them competitive. And at least where, what, you know, a week or so ago, uh, we were talking about the playoffs and the Tigers still had an outside chance at making the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs now. Lloyd McClendon, the former Valparaiso University standout, played for the Cubs, has had some managing jobs in the majors, will manage the team for the last week of the season here. But everybody's kind of concerned about Ron Gardenhire and the fact that he would step down now. They just want to make sure that he's going to be okay. Okay. So you're preparing for what game this Friday? Bremen at John Glenn. We have not done a game at Walkerton for football since I've been here. The last time 46 was there was 2003. Great. So that'll be fun. All right. You can follow along on Twitter, SportsYak with two Ks. You're on Twitter as well. At 46 Sports. Um, You know, I didn't write out a rundown today, but I always like to take a look at Corey's world over the weekend. Uh, You showed a lovely shot of your deck that is now completed that I know has been a headache for you for the last couple of months it's done mm-hmm. the furniture was out there what was it like to sit on the deck yesterday and watch nfl football it was great it was uh and i said this to my wife a couple of times just the overwhelming sense of uh pride because i drove the nails and i put the screws in and paid the cash and did all the stuff so we've got you know the weather's going to get goofy here in a little bit and there won't be a lot of time to sit back there so i'm milking it for all it's worth I watched Saturday's game back there. Watched, mm-hmm. uh, watched. Uh, well, they were Bears perfect yesterday. days to sit outside. Yeah. And we've got the right amount of shade where our TV's at. It's not like anything attached to outside. I I bring it in from sure. inside. But uh, yeah, it was a beautiful boat back to back days. Beautiful, loved it. And then, uh, and I'm not always the most observant person in the world, so mm-hmm. I apologize if I have not noticed that. But I I'm noticing on your arm today. This uh, Beatles tattoo. Yes. How long has that been there? Uh, about a week. Okay, so it it is new. It is new. What prompted you to do this? A uh, little birthday gift to myself. Uh, my 50th birthday was this bad boy on the left arm, Forearm. the Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I actually designed this one from the Beatles. And, uh, you know, those the guy that I like is busy. And... Um, I had an October uh, date, and he called me and said, hey, somebody canceled. Come on in. So busted in there mm, last week, and uh, we had a great conversation. They call him the fat Wolverine. <laughs> the, excuse me? <laughs> you know, the character Wolverine, how he's got the chops. Yeah. Uh, he's not a heavy guy. He's a muscular guy. He used to be a construction guy for 20 years, and 
He uh, was a little bit of a viral sensation a handful of years ago. His daughter was at Riley's Children's Hospital, and he and his wife stayed down there while she was having some stuff done. And he had a Where's Waldo, because they were under construction at the time at the hospital, and he moved this Waldo around outside so the kids could kind of wake up the next morning okay, sure. and go, oh, where, where is he at? And so uh, he's a good guy. And uh, it was my uh, 51st birthday to myself. So the a, Fab Four, a Beatles tattoo, mm-hmm. and if you could picture them singing a song, what would it be? Help! <laughs> hey Jude! Well, Revolution! This is the uh, this would be the '64 Beatles. Yes, yes, the Mop Tops. It is not the uh, the long haired hippie Beatles. Yeah, I I've seen the cartoon before. Uh, it was before our time. But uh, that's where I got that from, and I connect their heads like the four of them are connected together. And, uh, yeah, happy with it. And then you were drawing some cartoons over the weekend as well. Was I? A Scooby-Doo? That's just uh, one. uh, That was on the new iPad uh, update, and that's from a couple of months ago. But I've just been super busy with all kinds of things. I didn't have any time to post something that I was working on. How are you surviving the new iPhone update? Uh, it's a handful. I think they do a poor job of like, here is oh, yeah. what the phone does now. Yeah. And you know, I'm getting questions from my mother-in-law like, what is this whole 5G deal and do I have to upgrade? And I think we all do. I th- I think with 5G world, we're all going to have to update to the next phone. Kind of a, it's kind of like you're getting called out this time. You can't stick with the four and the five. Why not? Seven, well, because it's not 5G compatible. Yeah. And that's going to be the new network that we're all going to be on. No, we're not. You're right. I, You know, this, this television station for years stayed on standard definition when everybody tried the experiment of HD. And we said, no, that thing's going to just go away. It's kind of like that Simpsons episode where... <laughs> Homer says, the internet, is that thing still around? Uh, <laughs> it's going to go away. And then we kind of said, oh, oh, this thing, this HD thing's sticking. We might have to go to it. But I am going to ride the iPhone 7 into wherever it takes me for as long as it takes me. Staying with the 7. 7 is good enough for me. <laughs> My wife said, hey, we're available. We're can get an upgrade. I'm like, didn't we just get phones? I've lost. I've yeah, lost track. I'm eligible for an upgrade. Yeah, I'm eligible to spend more money. I don't <laughs> wish to. If you could go back to a flip phone today, would you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. BlackBerry. That was great. Nextel. Walkie talkie. Um, I I want the big Save by the Bell phone. Okay. The nineties. <laughs> phone what about the get smart shoe you want to go back uh, that far? sure yeah that way you can wear it and now use would it. i be able to get through tsa with the get smart shoe yes probably not gotta take it no, off and put it in the bowl there's too much electronics in it they think would, so they would have a fit over that well, that's all in the heel yeah all right sports fans yak fans thank you so much for uh, listening hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Three Finger Brown. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.